Hello, this is Wayne Sakamoto, and thank you for joining me for episode number seven. And I have the opportunity of interviewing an amazing triathlete, uh, professional triathlete, Aubrey Aldi of Naples, Florida. And uh, this is going to be my longest podcast. Uh, our interview is uh, about an hour long. Uh, we actually cover a lot of basis about his early beginnings as an athlete from wrestling to track and field and believe it or not, yes, football for some of you that are familiar with Aubrey as a triathlete. I was surprised myself that he actually covered the basis with all three sports and uh, talked about his early interest and development and his first race to um, some of his earlier beginnings in the sport of triathlon to where he's today and uh, big news about what he's going to be doing this fall and what he just accomplished here uh, in uh, North Carolina. Um, so I'm really excited about uh, sharing this interview with him, with you actually, and um, and yeah, actually it was cool sharing it with him because uh, he definitely has uh, a lot of personal experience as an athlete, a triathlete, and much more, even as a coach. So, hope you enjoyed this uh, interview. And again, uh, this is a phenomenal uh, trip down the road with. Aubrey Aldi. Enjoy. Hello, Wayne. Aubrey Aldi, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, um, I'm really uh, pleased that we finally uh, can connect. I know uh, you have a very busy schedule as a uh, an active triathlete uh, and actually as a triathlete coach. Um, and we're going to cover a lot in our interview, but, um, but how are you feeling? How are you doing? And how is your day? Uh, going pretty good so far. I got my workouts in and I'm recovering from a bit of a cold and, and I think I've turned the corner on it. So doing pretty good so far. Uh, that's right. I think that was one of the reasons why we kind of postponed this. And yeah, you sound really, really well. Um, and I wanted to kind of start in kind of like go way back. And I actually wanted to ask uh, what part of the world or country are you from? And, and actually talk about some of your uh, earlier experiences in the military. Okay, sure. Um, well, I moved all around um, as a kid. I was uh, born in Texas and lived all over Texas and Tennessee and Ohio. Um, I joined the military right after high school and left for um, Hawaii, where I was stationed for three years. Uh, wow, from, very nice. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, I came back to North Carolina and I finished out five years uh, in the Army Reserves. Um, those first three years in Hawaii, I was um, active duty infantry. Um, and then I became um, a medic and um, I was stationed in a reserve hospital unit in North Carolina. And that's where I met my wife uh, before we moved down here to Florida. That's great. So let me just um, ask you about um, your experience uh in Hawaii, was it uh, in Honolulu, and what were you doing as an active uh, in active duty? Yeah, um, well, I was. Let me see. I joined when I was nineteen in uh, nineteen ninety nine, and I was there to two thousand two on the island of Oahu. Um, I was stationed on Schofield Barracks, um, which is not a very big island, so um, we were uh, kind of on the opposite end, you could say from, um, Honolulu itself, but, but still pretty close, uh, relatively. Um, is that Bellows there? No, no, that's Bellows no. Base or no, that's, that's Air Force. No, you were, uh, Army, right? 
Yeah, we were Schofield Barracks uh, was the name of of the barracks or the, the unit I was with. Um, I was in the 25th Infantry Division. Um, we spent a lot of time um, training out in the jungles on Oahu, um, out in the field, you would call it. Um, and I was actually, I was an indirect fire infantryman. So I, I was actually, uh, so I was trained to use a, a mortar system. Um, and yeah, like I said, we, we were either out in the field training or, or we were in, in uh, garrison cleaning our equipment. So <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and then let me just ask, uh, let me go further back, um, in the high school days, cause it doesn't, you, so you actually, you're, uh, did you ever go to college? So I was going to skip over the high school, but I want to come back to that. But did you go to college uh, anytime during your time in the reserve in North Carolina? Or No, no, I did not. I, I took a few courses here or there and then um, ended up going um, to uh, a community college there in North Carolina to get my first personal training certification um, and then, um, and then several other coaching certifications from there. Uh, but I, I went straight to the military out of high school. Were you involved with any sports in high school? Uh, year round my, my whole life. Um, and then in high school it was, um, football, um, wrestling in the winter and then track and field, uh, in the spring. And then, and then basically cross training to get ready again over, over the summertime. Um, and, uh, you know, what I'm trying to do is trying to kind of get historically, you know, a little insight on the, your personal development as a younger person before we get deep, deep dive into the world of triathlon. But now of the football, wrestling, track and field, were there, was there anything that you favored, that you enjoyed, and, and which one did you ex- excel in in the best? Yeah, well, um, I I think I truly uh, enjoyed football the best. Just coming from a football family, my my father was was an All American wide receiver in college, and and my mother was the captain of the cheerleading team, and and of course all their friends uh, were involved in it as well. So I grew up surrounded by uh, football players and athletes, and and um, and I was a decent football player, although not very big. Um, but I think that was my favorite. Um, what was the, your position? Um, in the end there in high school, I was playing mostly like defensive back. Um, sometimes I'd play like a, an outside linebacker type position, um, a little bit of, of like a running back type position. And then, and then some special teams, um, I try to it would be the outside person to block punts and kicks and, and, and occasionally return them. Um, so a, l- a little bit of everything, but I guess primarily defensive back. Yeah. And uh, you never, you didn't have any injuries during the time uh, that you played football, right? Uh, I, I did break um, a, a fairly important bone in my shoulder and severed a nerve around my scapula as a freshman in high school and which was a bit of a scare. We didn't think I, I may not be able to play contact sports ever again. Um, so about six months of not being able to carry as much as a backpack, but um, luckily it, it healed quite well. And, and I was able to, to continue on the sports my sophomore year. Uh, was that all four years uh, that you played football? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And like, it sounds like you spend a lot of time with football, but I have a gut instinct that maybe you spent an equal amount of time with wrestling and track and field as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was, you know, the second football season was over, we were already training for, for wrestling. Um, you know, the, the practices might have even started a, a week or two before one season would end, so... Uh, as soon as football was over, I was already, um, you know, in practices for wrestling, which was an entirely different sport altogether, really. Um, and then same thing with track and field. And did you have any, uh, I guess, uh, trophy bling uh, from, I guess, wrestling as well as track and field? 
Mm. Yeah, well, uh, I was a team captain um, wrestling and track and field. Um, and um, I believe I was like a district champion in wrestling, although um, in Ohio, where I went to high school, um, wrestling was massive. And I did not start wrestling until I moved there my freshman year. So um, although I was a decent athlete and, and fared well, um, I was definitely, you know, a notch behind those who had been lifelong wrestlers up to that point. Um, but it was an, just a great experience. And I really, um, you know, respect that sport. And in what weight class were you in uh, as a district champ? Uh, one, 135 pounds. <laughs> wow. So you were still pretty built, uh, obviously, from uh, football, it sounds like, and continued it to wrestling. And then uh, track and field, what was your uh, events or focus on the track and field? Um, 400 meter dash was, was my thing. Um, so really the longest sprint. Um, I, I wanted to be a sprinter. Um, didn't not ever think of myself as a long distance runner. So I basically refused to run anything over, over the 400 meters. Um, which is kind of funny being that I'm an endurance athlete now, but I, um, I would, routinely run the 100 meters 200 meters and 400 meter dash and the 400 was always my my best event all right what what, what kind of time or do you have any records also from um, your days i think i have an indoor record that may still stand in the uh indoor uh indoor record um for the 300 meter dash which is an, an odd event anyway um but actually a really good distance for me um but the 400 meters i i broke uh 50 seconds ran 49 seconds in high school which is um pretty fast um you know at the for the for the big schools and a and a state state championship final um that's probably not good enough to get into a final but but good enough to to get to a state meet kind of and level. how how big was this high school i mean were there a lot of uh uh, you know, I guess people that you were competing against uh, there uh, at your high school. And it sounds like since Ohio is a pretty good big state with a lot of pretty good athletic program, I'm sure with high schools, you probably had a lot of competition there. Yeah, it was, it was very competitive. Um, like I said, especially with the wrestling it was just something like I had never, never seen before, but um um, I think we had around 2000 maybe, uh, mm -hmm. students in my high school. So, um, you know, pretty good size school. It, we hit, we moved up, uh, my junior year, I believe to the largest, um, division in the state. Wow. Yeah. So obviously that took it to another level <clears throat> as well. Um, that's really amazing. I didn't realize that you, uh, have had a lot of uh, training experience and um, and it sounds like you have this deep appreciation for all of it and probably um, have really good conversations with others that have shared uh, a similar background. So with that, um, no, I appreciate you sharing some of your background and, and obviously the work you did in the military, but I want to kind of jump to North Carolina um, in the Army Reserve, and, and you were there for how many years, and, and when did you become a medic there? Um, so I was there for um, about five years total. My, my contract when I joined the military was eight years long, and um, it was three years of active duty and five years of um, IRR, Individual Ready Reserve, and uh, because of the, the war, um, which when I left Hawaii, uh, the last orders we had received said that <clears throat> they would not send my unit um, overseas um, or over to the Middle East. And then my, my th three-year term ended, so I left. And then within a few months of me leaving, they sent that entire division to Afghanistan. 
Um, wow. And wow. then I got letters asking me or basically telling me to, to join my, my local reserve or National Guard unit or prepare for mobilization orders with a unit of their choice. So oh, I, de- wow. I decided I would um, take it into my own hands and join the unit of my choice. And so I joined the medical unit that was close by. And um, there's actually no infantry MOS or job in the reserves itself. So I spent about my first year or roughly in, in the reserves um, as like the only infantryman with no real assigned job. So I would end up teaching classes most, uh, most drill weekends on different weapons and things um, until I was able to get to uh, the medic training in uh, San Antonio, Texas, which was about four months long and become um, uh, MOS qualified as a medic. So now you said that you're um, from Ohio, I guess, in your formative uh, high school years. And here you get (laughs) shipped off to Hawaii. But yet, how did you end up in North Carolina? How did you make the selection of North Carolina? Well, uh, my parents, right after graduation, you know, they wanted to stay in Ohio through through my graduation and then moved to North Carolina. And um, I went with them for that summer and then left the Army um, at the end of that summer. And when it, so when my three-year term was over in, um, in Hawaii, I came back to North Carolina. Um, yeah. Oh, so your parents were kind of waiting for you, or you and you just made the move there? Yeah, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a great story, and it really gives us a an interesting background on who you are. But and it, all of this is super super important. I want to also just kind of wrap up this timeline and focus just a little bit about the medic. Was there a particular interest or focus of yours when you joined the medic? I mean, was there? Uh, a reason that you wanted to go into this area and once you did was there an area of focus actually within the medic that you um find useful in your life today mm. um well i always i always respected the medics that were in my unit on active duty um they were always um they just always seemed really squared away and um very professional and um, I was a combat lifesaver. So I had taken a small course on giving IVs and and things like this. uh, And that really interested me. So um, when I knew I needed to sign back up and I saw that the medical unit available, I, I jumped on that opportunity to learn more about it. And um, I, you know, um, I would say, unfortunately, I've a lot of that stuff I've forgotten probably um, way more than I would like to admit, but occasionally things do pop up in my head where I'm like, I do remember that from, from training. Um, you know, mostly it was mostly emergency medicine. Uh, you know, essentially we were, um, combat medic was the name of, of the job actually. And, and that was, that was basically, um, what we were just, um, you know, first line, um, emergency medicine on the battlefield, Interesting. So I guess I really now want to shift the focus to your transition to the world of triathlons and becoming a endurance athlete. And, um, and if you could also throw in there a little bit about how you met your wife, Crystal, because I think some, some of that might be relevant as part of your I guess, personal story, because uh, uh, it sounds like a lot of that probably happened in North Carolina. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. So tell me, so how, how did it all happen, and what was it that it, it invited you to the sport? And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, um, actually, when I was in San Antonio for training to be a medic in the Army, I had uh, I made a good friend there who who had been kind of dabbling in in triathlon and and i um 
um, great at, at the physical fitness um, in the military. I always, and I prided myself on trying to be the best and, and I always had a knack for the running, especially. Um, and so he said, yeah, you, you really should try this triathlon stuff. I think you'd be great at it. And so it was only a few months um, after that school was over. Uh, I think maybe right after the school was over, I went home and signed up for one. And it was a few months later. And I trained the best I could. And I really had really no idea what I was doing, especially with the the swim and the bike. And, um, and you know, you, yeah. Yeah, do it, you remember the name of that triathlon? Um, Shira. It was called... Um, it was in the city of Shira, South Carolina, and it was the Shira Sprint Triathlon. Yep. And and how did that go for you? I mean, did you did you not like it, or I loved it? it. Oh, you did like it. Okay, that's good. I loved okay. It. Yeah, I did love it. I I definitely fell in love with that challenge, and um, you know, it was really humbling. And um, my wife thought, and and I thought too that okay, I'm a good athlete. I'm going to immediately rise to the top of this, but, um, that's not the case. Um, and I think I was probably dead last getting out of the water. Um, you know, literally pinned my bib on my shirt in transition, like stabbing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and the, you know, the bike was very hard and hilly and then, and then I just ran as hard as I could and, and had a decent run, but, but yeah, I was absolutely hooked and, and I knew, I knew there was so much room for improvement. So that, that really excited me. And how did you meet Chris book? Cause it sounds like, um, that you said it was in North Carolina and, uh, um, tell me about that story. Well, um, I guess shortly after getting out of the active duty army, um, Crystal's best friend had started to date a friend of mine and, they introduced us one day just kind of in passing and it was um, just a brief conversation only, but then started to, you know, catch word um, from our friends um, about things uh, we were, we had, were telling our friends. So we decided to have uh, another date, the four of us, and that's pretty much um, how it got started. And then we, we started dating um, from then on. Oh, that's great. Hey, no worry about the dog in the background. Yeah, I, I know you. I know where you are. You're not in the kennel. <laughs> or you're not in the dog house. So yeah. Don't I'm, worry. I might as well be. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and um, what's the commonality again with you and Crystal? Because it's there's something that's fascinating that she has really been supportive of you with this journey. Yeah, because she's she's she, now she is quite the athlete, but in the beginning she was not at all. She didn't really, she had never really been around sports, and it wasn't um, you know it was a huge part of my life, and really had no place in her life. Um, however, she was she was really um, accepting of of learning about things, and she understood that. Um, that I was driven by it and that it was important to me. And, um, so it was important to her too. And so how many years have you been, uh, a triathlete? Oh gosh. Um, maybe, uh, 13, 14 years. Um, uh, yep. So that's a, a pretty decent career and, uh, you've, come a long way um in terms of improvements in your earlier years did you see improvements right away or did it take years before you really felt like you're at a, a level where you can actually do even better yeah um well with the running right away i had some some natural ability um but uh, putting the three sports together was was difficult, and and I could usually just um, I could get through the swim and the bike well enough as a as a decent athlete, and then run hard and do fairly well at some local races. But against bigger competition um, with less weakness across the three sports, um, 
I was way behind. And so in the beginning, um, you know, I really thought that I had a chance at uh, reaching the professional level. And I made a goal of attaining the professional license. Um, and from that point where I made that decision, it was another six years before I finally uh, was able to do that. Um, so it was quite a while. Um, well, that's pretty damn good. Six years from when you got into the sport. Yes, I say I had I'd been racing for a year or two before I decided that I wanted to get the pro license, and then it was six years from that point where I was finally able to um, to get that. And what it, in comparison to other uh, athletes, triathletes that are uh, in the pro circuit, I mean, what was the time horizon for some of these triathletes, and did you find a very similar trajectory to – convert from being a uh, I guess an age group triathlete to a professional one in terms of time time wise yeah I would say maybe it's um maybe a similar um time time progression there uh however just a little bit oriented a little bit different I would say the majority of professional endurance athletes had years of um, endurance sporting background, either uh, cross country running or uh, swimming, um, as small kids. So it's still, you may be looking at that you know, six to 10 year progression of year round endurance sports to, to kind of reach that level. Um, and of course there's always outliers on either side. Um, but I would say that's probably a fair assessment. Um, however, when I was growing up, you know, um, you know, the longest periods I had was less than a minute of running on the track or, or three, two minute periods on the wrestling mat. And, you know, so even getting into the sport of triathlon, if it's, you know, if I have repeat two minute intervals, I, I could literally do that all day long. Um, but it was stringing together the longer efforts that, that just took years and years to develop. So six years, um, you had to focus on making some huge improvements with your swimming and biking. And how did you transcend yourself to really uh, recognize that you had the ability to go pro six years later? Because obviously, yeah, you had a natural ability with running. So what was it that you had to do with swimming and biking to make it happen um uh, just uh, honestly just a lot of a lot of consistent work um over years and you know focusing on on you know one one small limiter at a time and um and trying to improve from there um uh you know the technique and things in the water is just uh it was was so difficult to get and um um so i you know i tried everything where it might have over a few months of the winter, you know, swim up to 10,000 yards a day. Um, wow. And, um, you know, I would get certain improvements from those, from those things, but, but nothing, um, nothing earth shattering. There's still small, you know, baby steps in one direction or the other. And um, so it took, I would say every, every one of those years, to develop, you know, just enough to kind of uh, reach a level in the swim that was good enough to get the license. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, it's, it's similar, I guess, on the bike, just, uh, again, just years of being able to stretch out those, um, you know, those efforts from being such a team sport athlete. And, you know, it's just a very different thing than getting on the bike and riding 112 miles, you know, at, at, you know, close to 80% of, of your threshold. So, so now in that six year period, um, I believe you made a move to Naples, Florida. And what was the attraction, the move to Naples, Florida? I could have been anywhere in Florida and there must've been a reason why you moved down here, um, between that six year period from when you went pro or did, or did you become pro when you were in North Carolina? No, I, I, um, 
I became pro in Naples when we were in Naples. Um, and it was, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was maybe two years or so after we moved down here. Mm-hmm. And what was the attraction of uh, Naples, Florida as a place to live, uh, work, and then also train as a triathlete? Yeah, well, we loved the area, and we had we had taken a couple of vacations in previous years to Sanibel Island and and driven down to Naples um, a few times, and we just really liked the area. And um, at the time, my wife was working for um, a um, telecommunications company that was um, sold, and they're relocating many of the people in her office to Tampa. And we decided not to do that. And she took a job with another company um, down in Naples, and we we took that. And in terms of, um, I guess, Naples, I mean, obviously I know that it's a a really amazing hotbed community for triathlons and triathletes. Did you know much about uh, Naples, Florida, uh, for triathletes, resources, um, was that in the consideration or was it more or less uh, focused around uh, your wife Crystal's job opportunities? Well, I was excited definitely about about the warm weather year-round. Um, that sounded phenomenal. Um, after the no- North Carolina winter, um, which isn't horrible, but uh, in Naples, it's quite a bit better. And... Um, and the, having the ocean and access to open water swims sounded great. So I was definitely excited about that too. So it sounds like, so four years uh, as a, I guess, age group triathlete in North Carolina, moved to Naples. Two years later, you become a pro. Um, and it, it sounds like you made the numbers to qualify um, what was your experience like as a professional, a card carrying pro, and what were some of your highlights as a professional? Oh, it was a it was a great experience. It it really really was a great experience. Um, you know, I was kind of starstruck in the beginning, getting you know, racking my bike up next to olympians that i had only read about really to that point and um so it was really exciting for me and gave me an opportunity to race um around the country and out of the country and um and and just learn a lot and see the sport um from a bit of a different perspective for the first time and different dynamics of racing that play out and and i just think that it was um really beneficial um and having a better overall understanding of the sport i think um, which helps me with my coaching now so tell me about some of the races like where have you raced as a professional and what was your favorite race as a professional that you also did well at um well i think um the first year that I had the professional license I did the most racing and um I was in uh San Juan Puerto Rico um Lake Placid New York um Lake Tahoe California um Cozumel Mexico um and I believe uh, also Central Florida doing some racing that year as well but but several full Ironman races. And um, I would say my favorite, though, is um, is definitely Lake Tahoe, uh, which I don't believe they have in, anymore for the full distance Ironman. But it was just uh, it's just an incredible, incredible um, course. And um, yeah, def- definitely my favorite for that reason. I know we have a lot of non triathletes maybe listening can you describe what an Ironman distance triathlon is versus your very first triathlon you did back in South Carolina the sprint what were what was the differences between the two events well the the full Ironman distance is a 2.4 mile swim 112 mile bike ride 
and a 26.2 mile run. Um, the first race I did was a sprint distance, which occasionally sprint distances can vary slightly. Um, but the one I did was a 750 meter swim, a 15 mile bike and a five kilometer or 3.1 mile run. Um, so just around an hour or just over an hour, you know, for a sprint distance race and, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, nine to 17 hours for, for a full Ironman race. So are, uh, are you uh, willing to share some stats on what was the time uh, of your first triathlon? How long did it take you for that one? I, I, could, I couldn't tell you the exact time, but I know, I think, I think I cracked in the top 100 overall, maybe. Okay. Is that like a little over an hour, maybe? Probably, yeah. Yeah. And then let me go to the Ironman distance. What was your very first Ironman distance, and what was your time for that one? Um, Ironman Louisville, um, 2008, I believe, and... And I believe it was um, 11 hours and seven or nine minutes, something like that, just over 11 hours. And which is what Ironman have you done the best? And um, your uh, fastest Ironman, I, yeah. I guess. Well, I've been on, um, you know, sev- several different courses with uh, changes altered to the swim and things, but I do have a couple of races under uh, nine hours that are um, that had altered swims and then and then maybe eight or ten races that were under nine and a half hours uh, and a few under 920 uh, and which one is your fastest uh, well, I, I guess you could say Ironman Florida 2014 without the swim was um, around eight hours and 15 minutes or so. Or, uh, or, or let's jump back to Lake Tahoe. So you, as a professional like Lake Tahoe, Lake Tahoe obviously has a lot of hills. Um, is there something that brings back memories to you about why Lake Tahoe as a professional was one of your favorites? Uh, well, I definitely wasn't racing for for positions. I was I was racing to just just to get to the finish, which is um, you know really the best part of of the sport, in my opinion. Um, just that personal accomplishment, and and with the cold weather and wind and snow the night before, um, <laughs> you know, it really yeah. turned into just just you know uh, wanting to get to the finish line and um and so it was uh it was just a lot of fun i was able to um it's still very hard work but i was able to uh, at moments just really enjoy that that course so wow that's amazing that there was noted dave before and yes uh, i happen to be there with you so i do <laughs> recollect that <laughs> that that day um did you think at any time because of the cold conditions, whether it was a swim, bike, or a run that you weren't going to finish or didn't want to finish or decided uh, that maybe uh, uh, was it worth it? I definitely had a low point um, somewhere during the bike ride for about an hour. I just felt completely flat, and it was um, an experience that I've not had in any other race ever, um, and I don't know was just a result of the cold weather and the higher altitude um and so during that time i was a little concerned i thought i I, if if this continues i might have trouble making it and then it kind of is slowly um started to go away and i felt better and better as the the race went on but yeah in the middle there i had just a really strange hour which was um which was just weird and I remember thinking too that I know you were there and I thought like I absolutely have to finish. (laughs) Um, Um, Let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, We've talked about, well, let me actually wrap up part about your professional career because you're 
no longer professional, I think. And how many years did you race as a pro? Uh, no, the license was good for three years. So I, I was uh, pro in 2013, 14, and 15. And you have not considered to go back as a pro, or you think you are happy and content being an H uh, group at triathlete? Yeah, I am happy and content, and um, and I needed some some time away for a minute, and and uh, I'm excited about some new challenges too, and and looking forward to going to Kona this year as an age. Oh group yeah, person. yes, we were going to cover that too. Why don't we talk about that? So tell me, what did you do to qualify for Kona? What do you have to do to qualify for Kona for our listeners that are not in the triathlon world? Um, you just, you have to finish, um, usually in the top, top few, um, uh, positions in your age group at, um, at an, an Ironman sanctioned race. So, um, you know, it could be depending on how many people are in the age group, it could be only one person or potentially as many as four or five in a big age group. Um, and each race, will be um, allotted so many slots um, available. Um, so some races only have a few available to be divided amongst uh, the men and women. Um, and then bigger races, championship races might have uh, a few more slots. And usually it's between uh, maybe 40 and, and I think maybe 75 slots for a championship race. Um, you know, out of several thousand competitors. So it becomes very um, competitive and it's a, a big goal of many Ironman athletes to try to, um, you know, get to the world championships in Kona. And then what did you do? Did you do, there, was there a race you did to qualify mm -hmm. to get into Kona and which one was it? Um, it was Ironman Florida um, this past November uh, which was moved because of the hurricane from Panama City to Haines City uh, in central Florida, which was only about a three-hour drive for me. And because of uh, the change in location, there were a lot of people that deferred their entries to the following year, so a few slots were made available. And I figured that would be the case, and I emailed Ironman and was, was able to um, enter in the race uh, the week before the race and then just drive up the day wow. before. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. So you actually had not signed up for this race, and you did this as a last-minute entry? Yes, yes. We had gone to um, Ironman Louisville a few weeks before, and um, a big cold front came through, and it was raining and uh, pretty miserable, but um, we all still had pretty good races, uh, but I missed the chance to get a Kona slot there and um, decided that I would go do this race. Um, mostly Two weeks just, later. Two yeah, weeks later. Wow. And then uh, – yeah. That's amazing that you actually got in last minute. And what, I mean, I guess, what was your expectation? Was your goal, was it to actually qualify to go to Kona then if you went to Payne City, I guess? It, um, it really, that wasn't really my goal. Um, I just wanted the opportunity to race and to be able to race um, close to home. And several of the athletes that I coach were going to be there. Um, so it was a good opportunity for me to go, you know, not only race myself in um, a location that was in driving distance, uh, but, but be able to uh, cheer on my athletes as well. So, um, so that, that was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. Yeah. We're going to, talk about your coaching toward the end of this uh, interview, but I'm still focused on your performance in Haines City. I mean, what were the conditions like? And obviously, uh, the organizers of this event had to move this event to a, a different location, so it maybe provided, I guess, some challenges by the organizers and a new dynamic for participants that decided to still compete and, and and how did you do and what did you think of the course well they did a phenomenal job 
um, being able to move such a big event um, in such a short time. Um, but just because of that, um, the course was um, just, you know, pretty packed, I guess, less than ideal, lots of turns on the run. Um, but I think everybody was just so happy that they were able to still have the race that, um, you know, it was still just a great experience um, like they always do. But the swim became very congested with uh, it was two laps and it was um, many turns each lap. So it became um, quite congested around turns, especially um, the bike was was a great course. Um, no problems there um, with with too much congestion or anything. Um, however, I was feeling, I was feeling pretty puny on the bike, just having raced an Ironman. So recently it was the bike is where I felt the worst of the day. And then the run was, um, was pretty hilly and, and just so many turns and turnarounds. You could just rarely ever get, get going for a sustained period before you had to turn again. Um, so it was kind of deceptively difficult um one of the slower uh run courses for sure on the ironman circuit um and yeah i didn't feel very good at all um on the bike but i just just decided to just not worry about what kind of data i was seeing um and and just to just ride and um finish and then i started to feel a little bit better on the run and um you know, was able to run, run my, my way up and, and get the Kona slot. And you obviously had a, a in comparison to your story about Lake Placid, obviously uh, it sounds kind of similar, but you actually felt pretty good and really strong on the run. And, and did you, and what was, how did you place? Uh, did you place first, second or? No, um, no, I actually, I ended up in fourth place. And, um, I th- we had a pretty, pretty competitive, um, age group as usual with an Ironman race. Um, but I had enough people in my age group that they ended up, uh, giving four slots and, and I decided to go ahead and take it. So, wow. So you actually made the cut by being number four out of four. Yep. Wow. Congratulations. You've got to be really happy about that i mean i think that this is your first uh appearance in kona at the world championships and uh um you i think now had you qualified previously um i believe i may have um previously but my goal was to always um get the professional license and race um race as a professional and most of the races I did as a professional would had qualified me had I been racing as an amateur. So there's different parameters, obviously ranking or scoring as a professional versus an age group triathlete is what I think you're saying. Yes. As a professional, they've um, changed it for this coming year, but, uh, you used to have to, um, accrue points and you had to have so many points to qualify for Kona as a professional. And they only let 50 men in, in the world. Um, and so, you know, there's, it changes every year, but there's less than 2000 or something, uh, spaces available in transition in Kona. Um, and only 50 of those uh, are pro men. Interesting. So um, I guess what is your training look like for each three of the disciplines as you are, um, you know, working your way toward Kona? And, and, and also when is that event, by the way? Um, Kona will be in October. Um, so we still have some time. Um to get ready and, and it will, the training will change, um, throughout the year, um, up to that point. But, um, I started out with a swim camp actually in January and, um, in the woodlands, Texas, uh, for, for two weeks. And, um, 
you know, swimming, um, about, uh, maybe 10, 10 swim sessions, uh, every seven days and, um, lots of focus on, um, not only high intensity, but using some different, um, different, uh, tools and, and, uh, a different approach to swimming, which was a great experience for me. I took a lot away from that. Oh yeah. Especially from what you said earlier about your first, uh, sprint, uh, in South Carolina that, uh, you've probably come a long way from your swimming from back then to today. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, long way. I think, um, when I, uh, first started training for triathlon, I remember the lifeguard stopped me at the YMCA and they said, Hey, um, it, it looks like you're recovering from injury. What was wrong with you? And I said, nothing. I'm just here. <laughs> I'm just here swimming. Um, so I must've looked pretty bad. Um, so the yeah. other thing is you talked about that injury, uh, that you had from, was it football on your shoulder and you haven't had anything come up that developed from that back when you were a freshman, correct? No, I haven't had anything um, noticeably developed from that, but, um, you know, that and then, and just also my, my sporting background and, and football and wrestling and, um, uh, you know, just limits uh, shoulder mobility um, quite a bit, you know, versus somebody who may have been, um, you know, swimming um, as a kid. And um, yeah, I have a lot less mobility for sure. And what is your time when you do the swim? Like it's a, I guess the Ironman swim is 2.4 miles. What is your swim time approximately? Um, I usually swim just over an hour, an hour to an hour and five minutes or so. And that's pretty damn good um, because you're going at a pretty good pace. And uh, uh, I have a feeling your overall ranking probably within the field is pretty good as well. Uh, yeah, I would say maybe usually top 10% or so in the swim. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Um, I do want to kind of, you know, wrap things up, um, with talking about your coaching. Cause I think that is really a, an important aspect of your career and your experience. And I wanted to kind of ask, how did you, get in the coaching did the military have anything to do with it your experience in the medic or or was it some other uh, uh idea that popped in your head about becoming a coach and when did that happen yeah i um in in the military i was always or often kind of tasked with being in charge of the physical training um just because it was something that um I really excelled in mostly in something that I was uh, passionate about. Um, and I knew very little about, about actually how to structure things. You know, I had a good idea from my own training, um, as a, as an athlete growing up, but, um, but didn't, didn't quite understand yet how to put all those things, um, together for the individual and their needs. Um, but it, but I would say it started, um, in that time in the military and, um, and then I ended up, uh, helping coach a club team at, uh, from a triathlon store in North Carolina, which is kind of, uh, what started, um, the official coaching. Um, and then how from, many, mm-hmm. how many, uh, triathletes did you have in that group? It was a fairly large group. I'm going to say maybe 20 to 30 people, um, in that group. And we did, um, you know, we would do group uh, swims, uh, bike rides, um, runs, and and um, instructional talks and things, uh, along with uh, riding uh, monthly training schedules. It sounds like leadership was always in your blood because you even mentioned that you were a team captain for your wrestling team and track and field team. Yes. Uh, wow. I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's great. That it, it seems like you've always, and and in, in, like you said, in the military, you seem to be kind of leading. And um, and then again, like what year or how long ago did you officially say that I'm going to become a coach? And do you have a 
an organization company that you are uh, promoting through your coaching? Yeah, um, I guess I, I like to say I, I became an official coach in um, 2008, um, before, right before we moved to Florida. So, so just over 10 years now of doing that, and and my company name is um, All Day Endurance. Um, and uh, so kind of a play on um, my last name, Aldi. And um, at that first first triathlon store that I coached at, they used to call me all day. So I figured it was <laughs> appropriate. Uh, it is appropriate. So that was kind of a natural thing. Uh, uh, and, and tell me, um, um, your wife, Crystal's involved with this business as well, I, I believe. Yes, um, and and more so in in the recent years, um, really helping me with uh, with the media things and, and all things website related, especially. And how do people find you? Who are some of your athletes? Are they all in Florida? Do you have any around the country or around the world? And again, how do people find out about you? Uh, mostly, I think word of mouth. Um, you know, people that I've uh, met at, at races and things like that. Um, and I do, uh, I am a coach with several different um, organizations or certifications. So um, I, people can find me online if they look for coaches who are um, USA triathlon certified or, or Ironman certified and things like that. Um, as well as, as um, just, just some of my own, um, results and things from races uh, you know occasionally people will uh, find out about who i am and then and then that i'm also a coach so yeah a little and, bit of and what and what are the levels of certification what do they actually mean when you said you're usat certified to uh, ironman certified and do you have any other certifications that you're working on that you are kind of focused on um, well, the next thing that I would like to get is a, a, a U.S. Master's Swimming certification. Um, but uh, I have uh, coaching certifications with uh, USA Cycling, USA Track and Field, uh, USA Triathlon, and Ironman. Um, wow, that's amazing. So you're a, a master of uh, all disciplines. Uh, that's amazing. Oh, well, thank you. I still think, though, it, the certifications are, are necessary and helpful, but it's, uh, it's that practice working with people that really makes the difference. And I also wanted to talk about you and your wife. You've been both um, really doing some amazing things of late. Um, can you share with everyone what you recently did and what your wife Crystal's been up to? Yeah, we um, just last weekend we were in um, Chattanooga um, or just just south of Chattanooga in an area called Cloudland Canyon State Park uh, in North Georgia and um, I raced a 50 kilometer trail race on Saturday and then both my wife and I raced the half marathon um, trail race on Sunday and within each race um, there's <clears throat> over 600 stairs that you had to descend and then continue running um, downward um, before turning around and coming all the way back up and then up the 600 stairs as well again so wow. it was pr pretty challenging and it was the temperature was in the 30s with the rain oh. and yeah, and I'd say we did pretty good for um, coming from flat Florida. And it, it was what was the elevation that you're talking about on that? It climb? was uh, the total elevation was around four thousand feet over oh, about thirty geez. miles. And wow! Yeah, the, it, was a, it was a good bit, and, and about two thousand feet elevation gain in the in the half. Um, and that's is that all off road? Yes, it was all off road. Um, yeah. And there was, so there were some sections that were more runnable than others. And, uh, there were some, some technical Rudy sections as well. Wow. That's uh, amazing that, uh, 
you guys did so well. And uh, and how did you do with uh, the two races? Um, I ended up finishing third and first. Um, I finished third in the 50K. Um, however, I did get lost, uh, ran off course. <laughs> two yeah two separate times but i think that just shows um just my lack of um trail running experience i think and just my general awareness on the trail just wasn't wasn't as good however on sunday i already felt much better on the trails with um with being able to follow the right path and um i just just so happened on a on a tight turn I saw some hikers straight in front of me, maybe a hundred meters or so. And I ran after them instead of taking the turn I was supposed to, and took me quite a while before I realized I was not on the right path. Um, and yeah. And then on, on Sunday, the race was, was a little colder and wetter, but, um, but was a better experience, especially, um, knowing, knowing the route pretty well. So. Wow. Is there, is there, you know, and kind of closing out, uh, and I really appreciate your time. Uh, I think I told you we're only going to do this for a half hour, but, uh, but this is like wonderful material, a lot of great territory. I think for anyone listening, they'll really get to know you better, but is there any advice that you have for people getting into the sport or people that are in the sport that want to, improve upon what they're doing yeah i think um the number one thing is um you know do it because you enjoy it and um you know just never forget that it's about it's about fitness and improvement and things but the most important thing it's it's about having fun and um you know sometimes it's, it's too easy in the competitive world to lose sight of that um so and then uh, any other races between now and your big race in uh, Kona, Kailua, Hawaii? Yeah, I think uh, I think I will race a half Ironman or two, um, starting with Haines City uh, in April. So, and the second half is that undetermined? Uh, yes, I'm I'm hoping to get to the Gulf Coast race in Panama City in May. Okay. And I guess the weather, temperature, or conditions, is, is it going to be similar to Hawaii? Or I guess Hawaii, there's no way you can compare. Yeah, hard to compare. But I, I really want to you know, be able to have those summer months so to um, focus on big training and, and um, not as much racing to get ready for Kona. Wow. Well, I wish you a lot of success. I know that you are uh, an athlete that has done well. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure um, you probably have a big trophy room somewhere of a lot of your medals and uh, finishings. And I'm, it sounds like you're collecting even more from your recent uh, first place finish. Uh, congrats at the Cloudland Canyon. Um, and also, uh, yeah, I really... Um, give credit to Crystal. I have to at least give her a shout out because of her recent involvement. And I forgot to ask, how did she do with that Cloudland Canyon race? Oh, she did. She did phenomenally. And, and she also raced her first road half marathon just a few weeks prior and, and far exceeded her expectations. So she's, um, she's really on a roll. So wait, what was her first marathon? I mean, half marathon? She did the um, Naples half marathon in January and two hours and one minute. Wow. And then, uh, and she did this half marathon at Cloudland Canyon. How many weeks later? Um, I believe it was three, only three weeks in between. Yeah. Wow. And so. the conditions are even tougher because of it being off-road and the elevation that you mentioned. So the fact that she, and she felt pretty good with the off-road one as well, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. She's pretty comfortable off-road. Wow. And then how do people uh, reach you? Um, on uh, the All Day Endurance website or, or Aubrey, um, A-U-B-R-E-Y, at alldayendurance.com. 
I appreciate your time and uh, this has been really informative. I actually learned a lot more about you ever before. And now that this is going to be part of uh, my podcast series, I guess anyone that's interested in learning more about you will definitely really get a, a better snapshot and story about who you are. And, and thanks for sharing your passion for the sport. And I hope to see you out and about in town. And uh, again, good luck and, and hope that you have a very good race and, Kona, Hawaii for the World Championships. Uh, thank you very much, Wayne. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Aubrey.